Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am just returning from a mini vacation in Santa Catalina Island. It was a really nice way to celebrate the end of summer. The equinox arrived last week and with it, the beauty of Libra season. There's only two times a year in which we're immersed equally in light and dark, day and night, and that is at this time in which we transition from season to season. So the fall equinox moving us from summer into the autumn season. Libra is a lover of balance and symmetry and commits to creating equilibrium in all areas of life. The sign of Libra, the symbol, is that of the scale. Consider Libra to be the aesthetic aficionado of the zodiac, ruled by the goddess planet Venus. With this ruling of the goddess planet Venus, I have something special that I'm bringing to you this coming month, this month of October, and that is our new workshop called Ageless Beauty, Ancient Beauty Secrets of the Yogis. Now, if you've ever wondered what this list of celebrities that I'm about to share with you might have in common, besides their talent and all-around magnetic looks and energy, Michelle Williams, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Kate Hudson, Giselle, Colin Farrell, Russell Crowe, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sting. Are you getting it yet? They're all yogis. They all have a practice of kundalini yoga, Kundalini yoga first became big in the 60s and 70s, and there are some really magical, amazing teachers of Kundalini. One of those is my teacher, Guru Singh of Kundalini University. And this course that I've put together, this Ageless Beauty, Ancient Beauty Secrets of the Yogis course, will take us through, it's a three-day course, an hour session for three days, and it will take you through wellness practices, beauty kriyas. A kriya is a complete action. So a kriya is going to include movement, pranayama, which is the breath, meditation, chanting, and overall the intention of these kriyas, these beauty kriyas specifically that we're going to practice, will strengthen your vitality, increase your consciousness, And it really is a blending of physical and spiritual practices into one. Leading up to the course, I'll be leading on the Colt Laloon Instagram page, a five-day Beauty Kriya Challenge. And we're going to start that challenge on Monday, October 18th. After the Prosperity Challenge that we did for 40 days that we started back at the Lionsgate portal in August, I was really excited about bringing another challenge to you. So make sure you're following over on the Colt Laloon Instagram page and you can join the Beauty Korea Challenge on the 18th of October. And then the class will start on Tuesday, October 26th. We'll have three days. The 26th, 27th, and 28th will be our Ageless Beauty class. Last thing I'll say about this, if you're listening now and you already are interested in joining our Lunar Living course, which begins on October 6th, you can buy a bundled package deal and get the course, the Colt Laloon course and the Ageless Beauty course all in one. Okay, enough about that. Want to make sure you have an opportunity to join if you would like. Let's talk about my guest today. So today I am so thrilled to have Fati of Living Simply. Fati is a holistic astrologer, 
a modern mystic, and a spiritual mentor on a mission to help awaken souls to remember their true divine nature. Fatih is one of our writers for We We. She writes magical posts to align with the lunar cycles and some of the cosmic weather that we may be having. She actually just wrote a really incredible post for us for Mercury Retrograde that I will put in the show notes for you. Through numerous spiritual and intuitive tools like astrology, she offers those who consider themselves to be seekers the opportunity to dive deep within their psyche, into their soul journey, and their spiritual unraveling. She was born and raised in Morocco. She's a light and shadow worker, a student of life, and a heart-based healer whose ultimate mission is to be a conduit for oneness. Her practices are deeply rooted in her connection with nature and her sacred heritage, which she honors and seeks to shine light upon. Welcome to the show, my friend, coming to us from Paris today, Fatih. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. I'm so looking forward to this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I'm so happy to be here as well. Yeah, it's it's the first time we've been able to be face to face in a while. Well, face to face over a over a computer connection. We I feel like we get to connect in other ways fairly often and I get to read your beautiful words so often as I'm editing those to go up onto Wee Wee, but it's so lovely to be together this way. Absolutely. I feel like this is a long time coming. I know. I think it's it's so true. So as you know, we start the show with some astrology, and you are an astrologer, so how much fun to get to talk sun, moon, and rising with an astrologer. So mm-hmm. go ahead and give it to us, <laughs> your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. Well, the question, this this very intriguing question, but ultimately it's my invitation card in some way. I am a Virgo sun, a Libra moon, and a Taurus rising, so... Mm. A lot of Earth and a lot of Venus, Venusian energies going on. Um, and this I, is really your season right now. Yes, I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic because September, November, all throughout um, November and December are really some of my favorite months of the year because of just how beautiful the fall vibe is. But... That's for another, <laughs> that's the conversation for another day. But yeah, my sun, moon and rising are quite fitting for my personality, I guess, because at the same time, there's the Virgo, pragmatic and down to earth energy and also very critical at times, um, but very um, prone to willing to be of service to others. That's something that's very um, dear to my heart, I would say. And at the same time, there's the stubbornness of Taurus and <laughs> that hard shell exterior that can sometimes be rough. But yeah, it's my Libra moon is kind of harmonizing that everything and giving me that harmony and equilibrium that I seek in life. So mm. it's very interesting. It's a double-edged sword. It can be <laughs> people-pleasing or seeking harmony. So <laughs> it depends on on the day and my evolution, of course. Yeah. What do you do? I think so many of us have a bit of that people pleasingness in us. What do you do to, to shift out of that energy and into an energy of harmony and balance and caring for self? Well, to be honest, this is something that I'm doing every single day, because for me, it's, it actually stems from coping mechanisms and childhood traumas. So Um, I really feel like in my chart, displacement has been put there because it's a challenge for me to unlock. You know, I need to understand this message. And the ways I've been doing that lately is kind of going back to where it all started. You know, the trauma, the the little bit of a shadow place that we sometimes just want to ignore. And Mm -hmm. going back there and giving love and compassion to myself instead of um, trying to save others because I was afraid no one was going to save me. Um, I'm like, okay, now I can save myself. I'm going to stop trying to save others and please others and just be the person I wish 
someone was uh, for me at that time. So I think that's my mm. way of looking at it, just going back to where it started and the need um, that kind of created that entire coping mechanism of fading away into the background. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what you said also about this placement is for you because these are the lessons for your, your lifetime. and. You know, I think sometimes, you know, I hear people say like, oh, I have that, you know, whatever the sign might be. I have a little bit of that or too much fire, mm -hmm. or too much water. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like if we can think about it's, it's such a great narrative shift, if we can think about that our chart is exactly what we need it to be for this particular incarnation. Exactly. Such a good way of thinking about how we can approach looking at that that yeah. that chart. Exactly. And that's something that I absolutely love about astrology. And it's actually where it all started. It's just realizing that there is no bad chart, there is no bad energy or good sign or bad sign. It's just all about combining those elements and seeing how we can make a good um, cake. Like It's just like cooking ingredients and we're just going to yeah. have to be creative and make something good out of it. Uh, I love that. So, okay, so speaking of astrology, let's talk about your story. Let's talk about you and what you're doing presently and how you found your way into this work. Wow. Well, I think in some ways it found me. It's like really cliche to say, but in, in some way I feel like it has been a slow descent or ascension. I don't know, in both ways. Um, yeah. It's a it's like a nice sine wave. It's like exactly. just up a and roller down, coaster. You, yeah, <laughs> completely. Um, I'm actually right now I'm living in Paris. I moved here five years ago, almost five years ago, and I've started my spiritual journey per se um, about seven years ago, and it was actually based off of really pragmatic and skeptic fatty that's um really um the stereotype of the virgo in me that was so skeptical about astrology so skeptical about this entire woo woo things um i used to think that it was really a big hoax and as much as i believed in magic and the entire spiritual things but i i was so rational that i didn't want to believe that it could be real so at that time, I used to read my horoscopes and go like, this is absolutely nuts. <laughs> this is not me. This does not define me. So I picked up a book. It was at my place. And I realized just how little I knew about astrology. I realized how biased my opinion was because clearly horoscopes are not even the tip of the iceberg when it comes to astrology, etc. So yeah. from there... I kind of began a journey of, it's, it's like a quest, going through uh, reading and then experiencing the things, and one thing led to another, and I fell, you know, head over heels for astrology and decided I wanted to become an astrologer. So that took me quite some years of testing and trying to find that person that would prove to me that astrology or spirituality or God or the universe whatever is not real but then I stopped I just realized that either it's real or not is not the purpose it's more about finding meaning and growing as an individual so that has been my journey mm -hmm. ever since <laughs> yeah uh, and you so now you you offer lots of ways for people to connect into astrology you share your work obviously on we we but you do it in a lot of other ways too so tell us about the ways that you share with you you share your gifts and your resources all right well like you just mentioned um i also share my my work and my resources on your platform and that's something yeah. that i absolutely love it's like me too <laughs> it's my favorite time of the month you know looking at those articles going up um, and of course, reading all the other great resources from, you know, from the other writers, etc. It's just an absolute wonderful thing to do. And at the same time, of course, I my main piece of work, if I can say, but for me, it's more like a passion. It's not just my work. It's doing the bird chart readings for my clients. Yeah. And that takes much of my time. And then there is one-on-one -on -one sessions that I do uh, with people who are interested in 
either learning astrology or having a transit reading or an astro tarot reading. So it's combining different modalities and spiritual tools in order to grow as individuals and kind of dive deeper into our spirituality because ultimately astrology as as an astrologer i can say this astrology is one tool it's like um just one way through which we can reach enlightenment or spiritual awakening but there's also many other ways you know someone could be um could reach that same destination following another path this is my path but of course everyone is different and there's no one size fits all so I try to offer um, different um, services that can combine for the person this, the tools that he or she feels the most um, safe to use. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it's, there's so many different ways we can connect to our cosmic path and to the divine and to the journey to whatever our North Star might be. Yes. Yeah. I love the combination that you offer. Okay, so let's talk about what's coming up for this fall season. So we're getting ready to move, or we've just moved in. As this recording comes out, we'll have just moved into Libra season. We're recording right before that time period. So let's talk about the astrology of the fall season and a little bit about Libra season as well. Actually, I love Libra season. <laughs> like this. Yeah, is now that I know it's in your chart, <laughs> it's 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 very you. I really like Libra season. I, to be honest, I didn't have the best experiences during this season. Like the reason I I like it is more because of the uh, energetics. Um, but we'll get into that. But yes, now that we we are um, in Libra season, we are ultimately looking at the seasonal change you know the the procession of the equinoxes and the day the length of the day and the length of the night during the the autumn equinox the fall equinox is the same and for me this is just the perfect example of that cosmic mm. scale that libra represents of harmony of balance and as we shift into uh you know, colder, colder days and longer nights and more darkness in the world um, as we approach fall and winter, uh, I think that Libra season brings with it this desire to really harmonize within ourselves, our energies and um, our relationships as well, because Libra, of course, represents that one-on-one -on -one situation, the scales, being with another person, and having a relationship with something else, it may not be a person, it may be our health, our, um, our work, etc. So I think that the beautiful thing about this seasonal shift is just recognizing those areas in our lives in which we need to find harmony and balance. And God, lately did we have some <laughs> real imbalances in so many areas. So I think it's, um, it's about time and with the Virgo season and summer, etc., I think we had the time to clean our mess and to organize our life. So now we can, we can connect with others, we can have fun, we can um, embrace entering and starting maybe new, um, new things. There is the cardinal uh, modality going on with the Libra season. Um, the zodiac signs have three modalities and it, it kind of reflects the the way seasons change um the mute the mutable modality is all about when the seasons are crazy it could be sunny a day and then it's ra raining at night um and the fixed season is when the season is really the same you you think that winter as an example or summer is never going to end and then you have Libra, Aries, Cancer, and Capricorn. And these energies are cardinal. You can feel that something is changing. It's like mm -hmm. looking at the tree and how everything becomes orange and yellow when, when fall uh, approaches and everything starts falling. You can see that something is happening. And I think that this is something that happens internally as well. And that's what I like about it. <laughs> Yeah, so Libra, give us some traits of 
of the sign of Libra? What are some traits that you can look, look to explore during Libra season? Um, this is a very interesting question. Some of the traits that I think um, I am looking forward to exploring during this season and that we should um, kind of feel excited about embodying would be the socialites maybe the the the, mm. the social aspect of libra the diplomat i would say it's that justice seeker who is fair and just and who has the ability to see things from different perspectives i think libra is often um correlated with making sacrifices and compromises but in reality for me libra it it's not that he's he's abandoned i'm speaking of the of, of course the higher octave of libra when libra is not wounded when libra energy is really at its peak um it's not making any compromises on its needs it's just truly has the ability to see things from different perspectives so it's not missing or anything it's not that it's um indecisive or you know neglecting its own perspective it's just really able to look at things from two from two angles and that's something that's beautiful and that we sometimes miss especially with everything happening in the world we we focus on one side of the story and we are not budging and we we get so tense about it and i believe we need that flexibility flexibility sorry that that libra can bring and just harmonious way of looking at a coin from two perspectives and going like this is a coin <laughs> i don't have to necessarily take sides or pick a de a decision um or a party i can be the bridge between these two opposing forces mm. and yeah those are some of the things that i absolutely like about libra season of course also the energy just the flirtatiousness of libra <laughs> with my libra moon this is something that i always wondered when i was a child why am i always flirting with people well, a <laughs> child of course when i was younger not a child sure. necessarily but yeah i think that there's a, a very light and airy side to libra that's just very um, naive and funny, bubbly. And I think we need that at the moment. And that's something I'm really eager to experience because it's been quite heavy uh, on an individual and a collective level lately. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Yeah, we need a bit of that lightness, that air. We need that air energy. It's, yeah. oh, I want to be a rock it. star energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so the sign ruler... Uh, the planet, the the planetary ruler for Libra is Venus. So okay. how can we, how can we lean into that Venus energy going into this autumn season? Well, I recall there is a great article on WeWe about uh, rituals related to Venus. So yeah, I, it's one of the first articles actually that I saw on WeWe. Um, yeah, I'll that put that in the show loved. notes for sure. Yeah, yeah it's a, a good one. And um, yeah, it's, there's many different ways we can connect to our inner and outer Venus. And I think most of them has, have to do with our ability to find value in others and in ourselves. There's, I, I, I kind of like when astrology, of course, astrology can be um, about the stereotypes and the generalizations, but for me, Venus is not just the planet of love. It's not just the planet of beauty and art. Of course, it is, the, it is related to those things. But it is also related to what we value. Like, if you love art, it's because you, you see something in it. If you love your partner, it's because you have something in common with that person. And I think it's our ability to relate with others. And one way I think we can honor it is look at what we value in life, maybe our possessions or our, the people around us or ourselves. Most likely, most people, when they value others way too much, sometimes way and above the, the average, they lack, they lack that stability in another area. And most, most likely than not, it's, it's in themselves. So 
bringing that balance and finding value in all things that are beautiful, that are caring, that are loving, and just nurturing them. For it's not it's not the the same nurture as um, the moon can provide, as an example, but it's a very uh, gracious type of um, hosting. For me, it's like let's let's throw a party for ourselves, for our values, for our friends, and just have fun this is what for me venus and the way we can connect with it is um can be done in the most harmonious way of course there's so many other rituals um that we can implement but yeah. there's so many beautiful venus rituals and i mean one that i really love that i mm. i actually love to practice this the week of the new moon each month is to take a venus bath just to give myself Ooh. time to be, yeah, it's like get mm. the get the flower petals, get the essential Love oils, it. get the salts, get in the tub, and then just imagine. I like to think about that beautiful painting, the the birth of Venus, and then as I'm in yeah. the tub, like letting all of the emotional attachments, anything that's kind of just connected into my energy, let it go. And then when I come out of the tub, I'm like emerging as if I am the goddess of the painting. You are Venus. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I'm going to try yeah. it next time. <laughs> yeah. And I call I really it my it. Venus bath. That's my Venus bath. <laughs> and I love it. so it's like when I'm, when it's time to go do that, it's like, I'm going to give myself all the time that I need to mm. take good care, detoxify, release, and then rebirth. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's it's amazing, not only because of the visualization, actual energy that go into it, but also because you're connecting with yourself and literally giving birth to yourself. I find it very, yeah. very powerful to do. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good one. Mm. Love all that good Venus energy. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the festivities that are coming our way for fall. So we have the fall, the autumn equinox, we have Samhain coming up, we have Halloween, we have yes. lots of different festivities and, and things we can celebrate during the fall season. So share with me some of the things that you do in your practice to celebrate the fall season and to, to celebrate the newness that comes, comes with this energetic shift. I Absolutely. I, I can't say it uh, enough in this episode. I absolutely love the season. So there's many things that I think um, we can do to celebrate. The first thing, of course, to keep in mind is that this is uh, the fall represents the harvest season. So we are at a time in the year where there's abundance around us. There are so many beautiful things that we have put into earth and uh, tended for etc and now it is time to be grateful for those things so one of the main rituals for me that is something that I do of course all throughout the year but especially like to focus on during the fall is counting my blessings and mm. having gratitude journals and really um, dropping into my body and feeling that visceral feeling of being full you know just having um a feast you know this is why there's so many in in traditions and mythology there's so many uh feasts and uh, rituals related to apples or making making you know pumpkin lattes or things of that sort because food can remind us of you know just the simple things of life and that we have all we need already so i think that's one side of it of course we can also um, look at it from a nature and mother gaia perspective connecting with nature and just how cyclic um, the nature of the universe is that's something that can be very powerful and i believe the other ritual from a type of ritual that i do it's not a ritual per se but one of the things that I love to do during this season is to connect with others and kind of prepare for what's to come, but in a very um, hearth and home oriented way, you know, because winter mm -hmm. is about to arrive. So there's so many things that we could be doing with our loved ones, with our family, with our partners, etc., to grow into this dark um, season that's about to come. So I think everything that is related to cleansing our, our house or um, blessing our, our sacred space, blessing items or 
even babies, for those who have children, you know, just doing those activities and kind of including others and sharing that prosperity, donating and um, doing visual visualizations and manifestation rituals is something that can tremendously help us during this season because the energies are so big. Like, seriously, I believe that some of the the, the biggest um, blessings that I've received were right after this season when I really sat down and felt grateful for what I had. Of course, the, the goal is not to do these things in order to receive something in, in return, but the energies are really thick. So the winds are there. All we need to do is throw those intentions in the air and yeah, get get down with the nitty gritty feeling of being, you know, grounded, going, I don't know if in America, I think, I think you have the pumpkin batches. Yeah. There is no such mm -hmm. things here in France, but that's something that I always wanted to do, <laughs> but maybe one day. But I think yeah. such activities are really, um, are, are really grounded, grounding and uh, powerful, even if they're just for fun, you know, just putting yeah. the, the Halloween decorations, etc. I think that's some of the best things to do, especially if we put our mind, mindful, um, conscious energy into it. Setting an altar for Halloween, as an example, which is one of my favorite holidays <laughs> in the year, is just so powerful, wearing the colors of the season, yellow, red, orange, all of these um, beautiful fall season colors and playing around with those things, I, I believe are really powerful ways to do it. Yeah, and I love the idea of just settling into the intention of what these these rituals, I mean, the pumpkin patch is such a, a good example because it's like, okay, we've probably been doing that, many of us in the US, especially since we were children. And what we're doing is we're, we're going out into this field where there's all of this beautiful abundance of this particular, this, this, the pumpkin. And while for many of us, it was, you know, we got dressed up in our Halloween costumes and we went out and we took pictures. There's really such an amazing earth energy and connection opportunity to really ground. And, and, and when I think about the visual of all of that abundance, all of these pumpkins just there and the earth. It's such a beautiful it's experience. Yeah, it's mm. really, I, I love that you brought that up because I think for, especially in the US, for many people, it's like, oh yeah, it's just a thing we do at Halloween time, but it is a really beautiful experience. And, and then bringing home the pumpkin that you chose to make your pumpkin for Halloween yes. or for the fall season. It's a, it's a really special, it's a really special practice. I will look forward to trying that someday. I'll let you yeah. know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I want to ask you also about Halloween. So Halloween is obviously a, a really fun and, and enjoyable holiday. There's costumes, there's tricks and treats and the whole, the whole experience. And there's so much more depth to it as well. So it's an opportunity to connect to ancestors and spirit. And so what are your recommendations for ways that we can take that experience, which is such a, a fun and joyful one, and also use that as a day or a, a couple of days to really connect deeper into spirit? Um, well, like you mentioned, Halloween is often, you know, blended with this fun and costumey type of event, but it is really a time of the year where the veil is thinner and mm -hmm. where spirit, the spirit realm and the physical realm is really merging. For me, it's, I, I, I see it like um, almost intertwining. So sometimes there could be um, some unwanted energies that could linger around if we are not mindful during that period um, of the year. Um, yeah. nothing's creepy or spooky or anything but just if we are not mindful maybe we can bring back with us certain negative energies from even people that we know or places etc that hold um, certain frequencies and energies so it's very important to keep our frequencies high during um, during this fall of course especially during Halloween and um, this specific holiday and also to, like, like we've just mentioned for, for the fall, to 
look at the festivities that are fun and add a little bit of woo into them. You know, if you are, mm -hmm. if you cannot have a, a coven of witchy friends to hang <laughs> out with, you can at least have a um, make an altar and no one's going to notice because everyone's decorating their houses or um, for especially for people who are still in the broom closet or kind of <laughs> ashamed of their of their practice etc I think um, it's one of the easiest way to do it and just let our um, costume be something that we deeply resonate with as an example since we're speaking of of costumes, um, I think maybe dressing up as the person that we want to be <laughs> is Ooh, a little bit I love more in, insightful and helpful for us than dressing up as, I don't know, Barbie or some other uh, figure. I think it's it's really about choosing the things that we can, that we or, we're already doing during Halloween and how we can add a little bit of respect of course to the elders to ancestors if we have some uh, heritage related to um, I don't know some tradition or culture we can honor that by wearing costumes related to uh, that tradition or like I just mentioned wearing like, this is what I love to do I, I dress up like the person I want to be you know I'm gonna mm -hmm. go all out and at the same time focusing not just on the external things now I, I i was talking about you know the food the altar the, the costumes but more on the internal side of it so meditating and being in within ourselves and being with ourselves especially and allowing our intuition our third eye and our entire um, spirit guides to guide us and help us through that period and to just not be blocked from all of these energies a lot of people um some of them some of my close friends who are in the woo in this entire um spirituality uh field some of them are really scared of halloween so they they banish energies a lot they they, they do lots of protection rituals and spells around this time of the year which is great but it is a frequency of fear. So in some ways, sometimes I think that when we fear something, we kind of manifest it into our life. Yeah. And it, it's more harmful than just accepting it and asking questions. Okay, something might scare me, but is it here to teach me something? Is it here to uh, usher me towards more uh, growth and ascension? That's more of the spirit, I believe, that we could have for such a holiday, such an important holiday. Yeah. Will you talk a little bit about the archetype of the witch and what that what that means? It's you mentioned this is a time where if you're still in the broom closet, it could be a time to start stepping out of the broom closet and yes. step into <laughs> your witchiness. So will you talk a little bit about that? Um well I, I believe that in some way we are lucky to live in a society where witches in general are, are less um, targeted as bef than before. Yeah. Um, with the, the entire age of Aquarius technology and internet, there's a safe space for these um, communities of like-minded people. But to go back to your question um, with the archetype of the witch, for me, personally, I believe that we are all witches and, yeah. and you know, and wizards. Like, you are a wizard, Harry. Like, for me, everyone is a wizard in some way. It's just, we are not all aware of our magic. And some yeah. of us, especially within our cultures, as an example for me, coming from Morocco, with a rich magical heritage there is still a lot of stigma because of religion because of many cultural factors that create guilt and shame in the person so if a woman chooses um, goes into the the practice of witchcraft she is going to start shaming herself without even people out there to do that for her so i believe that in our society no matter where we come from there is this stigma of doing something bad or um, being on the edge or being too much or being crazy or being 
weird if you are into witchcraft and spirituality while in reality you could be the most normal person in the world if you realize that magic is all around you, you you don't need to be afraid or to shame yourself so i don't know maybe the archetype of a witch for me would be someone who is not afraid of shining their own light and discovering all the aspects of their being, even those aspects that may scare society or others away, or themselves, you know, even if they scare them, they are not afraid to go there and to test those limits and see where they can go and what they can unfold. And it's, it's really interesting that you speak of this archetype because for me, fall is also related to the archetype of the crone, which is a type mm -hmm. of witch, you know, the, in, the, in the symbol, the, the tree moon goddess, the triple moon goddess, there's the three stages of womanhood, you know, the maiden, the mother, and then the crone, which is this old lady that does witchcraft and that's stigmatized as bad in most cultures when in reality it is very important an important figure that can teach us so many things and she's really the the person that gives the torch to the new generations mm. and this is a side of us that we often put to the side especially with how we view aging as an example and how we view um women who are not mothers or maidens you know it's just like these are your two roles so we kind of sometimes forget that there's also a beautiful side related to this um, this witchy but kind of mean and cruel way not in a bad way but in a I don't know how to say it but in a in a very fall wintry type of witch you know this is not a witch that's going to give you sun and and flowers and squirrels running all around no this is a witch that that wants death and for things to stop so that new life can happen afterwards you know she's not afraid to yeah. be called the bad guy if yeah if she's gonna bring about life afterwards yeah. Well, and it's, it's, uh, you know, I have, have friends that I've taken for, for example, for like their first tarot reading and they're like, what if the death card happens? I'm like, that's amazing if that happens because there's going to be such life and beauty on the other side yeah. of that card. And so I, I love you speaking about that because I, I think that that idea of, of being fearful of these concepts like the crow, like the witch, like, the death card, for example, things that tend to come up a bit more in winter and fall. I mean, look at what happens in nature. Everything goes barren for some time. And, you know, in many places around the world, it becomes icy and cold and there's layers of snow and everything is, is it, it's, it's a scene that is one of that rebirth getting ready to process. happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love this conversation so much. Okay, so we're going to move into our final five questions. All right. So the first one is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. Wow. I had a very... Um, as a child, I collect a lot of things, a lot of charms and objects. And as an adult, I still do. So this is a very difficult question for me. But if I could choose one object that maybe has... It's not an object per se, but one item that has um, a lot of meaning for me. I think it would be my bucket list. It's like a journal. It's like I have journals where with, mm -hmm. with things written in them throughout the years. And it's um, journals that I've had for maybe 11 years or so it's like wow. it goes way back and some of the pages are ripped but I try to stick it, I try to stick it and glue it back together and I believe that in some ways it kind of reflects my Virgo son and you know the love of making lists but at the yeah. same time with my son in the fifth house it's it's like this energy of I want to do so many things in life and I want to experience everything and for me it has become almost like a, like a game like I know that in some way one life one lifetime is not something that 
can grant us the ability to be everywhere, to do everything, to go to the moon, go to Japan, live in Australia, do this and do that. But as long as we are alive, we can still try and we can make the best mm -hmm. out of of our existence and our experience. And as the years went by, I realized that some of the things that I dreamt about when I was a child are literally my very same existence right now. I am an astrologer and it was on my bucket list and I live in Paris and I do so many things. I have a loving partner and all of these things are things that we sometimes forget and neglect. And when I see them written on that bucket list, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot that this is something that I wished for. So when I'm being ungrateful or just depressed about certain things, for me, it's a nice reminder that I already have all that I wanted. It's just that humans keep on wanting more and we forget yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's an item oh, so that, that I love for this reason. So beautiful. I, I love you getting to look back at that list and see, yeah, I'm an astrologer in Paris with a loving partner. <laughs> and this is what I was dreaming of at one point in my life. Yeah, so beautiful. Okay, next question is, what is a book that changed your life? A book that changed my life? Um, I believe the book that changed my it, it didn't really change it, but it changed my perspective on life, is The Kibalion by The Three Initiates. It's mm. a, a book about hermeticism and um, the laws of the universe. And it was gifted to me, actually, when I was in college, just around my spiritual awakening period, um, by a friend who um, was really into high magic, and all of these uh, interesting topics that I didn't know at the time. And reading that book was a discovery for me because I realized that I was not crazy, that people way before me believed that there are, there's other laws in the universe besides science that govern how everything functions. Um, the laws of, polar of polarity, of gender, of... There's just so many layers um, to this existence that it's just almost impossible to name them all so reading that book allowed me to broaden my horizon if I can say to um, a plethora of different realms and philosophies of course hermeticism is one of them I really love um, this philosophy in particular but there's so many others and from that book onwards I think I realized that from every book we can learn some things but when we come back to it, and that's, I think for everyone, it's the same thing. Um, I think you agree with me as well. When you come back to it, whether it's a place or a book or a person or a song, you discover so many extra layers of understanding. And every time I reread re that book, I understood different parts of myself. It's just like having, you know, a bird chart reading or looking at your bird chart. For me, it's the same um, feeling that I have when I read some, some books, some interesting books, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think every single time that I go back to that book, I find some secrets and um, treasures that I didn't see before. So I really like that. Ah, I love it. I will have to... I will have to go spend some time in that book. We have such a great book list that we're building from the show because it's really? every week I get to hear about a new book that I'm like, ooh, ooh I need to go get into that one. Yeah. I, I want that that list. Please share yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it will be shared. I promise it will be shared. Right. Okay, so the next one is, next question is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. The exp one of the experiences that changed my life in a profound way, I hope this is not a buzzkill, but it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the death of one of my best friends um, when I was in college as well. Uh, it was a rocky three years for me, but her death, I think, it's actually it's not her death that was the profound experience it's the day that I spent with her before she died oh, and wow. 
for me, it felt like a goodbye. Her name was Delal in, in Arabic. Delal means shadows, but not the bad shadows. It's the, you see when you're under a tree and there are some shadows that protect you from, from being burned by the sun, these types of shadows. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's, it really makes sense now looking back just how wow. her presence in my life was um, an absolute blessing and teaching. She was m one of my greatest teachers um, because she taught me about letting go when she was a Pisces. So <laughs> for me, it was really fitting. Um, she taught me about how to detach. And since I met her, I, I never experienced that before. Um, I was, I really never had anyone close to me die. So meeting death for the first time was a very profound experience because it taught me how parts of us die with people but it's not necessarily a bad thing it hurts and we resist it and we we go through all of these phases of not wanting to to accept reality as it is but then when we look at the teachings and blessings and seeds that that person has put into our life we realize that there there is actually nothing that we lost. We just gained things. And yeah, I think that's something that really stuck with me. And I felt so blessed to, to have that goodbye with her before she died. And I remember the funny part is that it's not funny, but um, it's very, it means a lot to me is that before she died, she had a dream. Um, she dreamed of the angel of death coming to her and telling her, come with me. And she said, no, I still have some time left I, I I want to do so many other things and he said I'll come back and she was talking about this dream you know to us her classmates and she even posted it on Facebook and that day so the, the day before she died she told me again about that dream and for me I I had an ominous feeling but I still was in that you know pragmatic um, state of mind not thinking that someone that you love and that you know who's healthy is going to die the day after so I told her no maybe you're just going to transition into something else maybe it's a new change in your life and then she laughed and told me or maybe I'm going to die but at least you know I have you guys and I'm happy so even if I die everything is going to be fine and for me that was the most beautiful um thing that someone could have said to me I didn't pay much attention to it when she said it but after that day it was just um a blessing so wow thank you for sharing you're welcome I'm getting emotional yeah. so I'm gonna <laughs> snap out of it but no I mean it's an emotional story and mm -hmm. so special and I mean what a what a life change when something like that happens and all the lessons we have to learn in a matter of moments when Absolutely. we lose someone we love thank you Fatih for sharing yeah, thank sending you, for you a big space <laughs> yeah I'm sending you a big virtual hug across across the ocean and through the computer screen all the <laughs> way over there to Paris yes okay so the next question is what is something that you do for your health and wellness Something that I do for my well-being and health and wellness is, I think, lately using and overusing the block feature <laughs> on my phone. Um, literally, That's a good one. <laughs> really, like just blocking and ignoring and not accepting and not engaging certain draining conversations or people or like people you don't even know who try to get your attention online, etc. And I think lately um, we, we live in such a, a connected universe where everyone is online, we're always on social media, especially since our part of our business and um, field is in there. So we have to be on social media, even if we are getting away from screens, etc. We still end up falling back there and for our mental health I think it's it's quite something and for me especially with my anxious Virgo and moon in the sixth house and Mercury conjunct my sun you know there is a lot of anxiety going on and overthinking so focusing on my mental health by not giving away my energy to 
to people has been like the best thing that I that I did for myself lately. Um, oh, and yeah. so good. We all need to take that advice. We all need to practice <laughs> more of that saying no when it does not support us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good. Okay. The last question is, tell me about a moment you knew magic was real. A moment I knew, what a beautiful question to end uh, this podcast. A moment that I knew magic was real is actually right now. I think I actually told you in the past when we first talked how I manifested our working together. Actually, um, if you recall, it was it was in for the view for the listeners. It was in we first started speaking in Mars of twenty twenty one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was just around after few days after the new moon in Pisces, and Pisces is in my eleventh house. So at that time, I was really focused on creating and fostering um, new partnerships with like-minded people and you know collaborating with people that I admire and love so I remember I wanted to talk to you and I shared that story with you after you you posted um, um, on your newsletter that you wanted to collaborate with other people and I remember listening to your your first episode of the podcast just before you you um you contacted me and, and we actually I contacted you and then you contacted me back. Um I listened to your podcast and I was like I so want to be on this podcast. I really want to be talking to Andy and speaking with her and sharing her um sharing with her and listening to her vision of the world etc. So that was something on the back of my mind. And then the funny part is that just before we uh, got to connect to get on this uh, podcast together, I looked at the astrology and I realized that the next full moon is going to be in Pisces. And in astrology, it takes six months for a, <laughs> a wish to like literally grant all its seeds. So I was like really amazed. I was like, wait, <laughs> this is this is magic. <laughs> That is pretty magical. It's like, <laughs> yep, that full, that full circle moment of, yeah, the seed was planted and now the flower is blooming. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah. So mm. it is really a blessing for me to be here. Like this is my way of telling you how much it means t- for me <laughs> to be on, on this podcast. And the blessing is mine as well, having you as a part of what we do here. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Well, what a wonderful opportunity to get to spend some time together and to get to share this conversation and talk all about Libra season and all the beautiful festivities that are coming up for this fall and to give the folks listening an opportunity to learn a bit more about you and the rituals that they can consider incorporating into their life for this part of the the year so thank you Fatih I appreciate you you're welcome thank you for having me my pleasure well this has been one of those conversations that I absolutely just love having conversations about rituals and astrology festivities like Samhain and Halloween, leaning into your witchy side. If you also love it and want to be the woo-woo best friend to someone in your circle, please share the show. When you share the show on social media, that is the biggest compliment we can have and it is the number one way to support us. It gets new listeners over to our show and helps us to grow and we appreciate it so much of course we love when you leave us reviews as well leave us a comment on our instagram page which is your woo woo bff and if the show is totally resonating and you want to send us a dm we love that too you can find me over at wee wee girl on instagram also wee wee girl online and you can read more of fati's work over on wee wee girl as well As the end of our first season draws near, we're going to be running through the end of October, and then we've got some special 
episodes planned for November and then we're taking a break around the holiday time and then we'll be back again in January. We have some great guests coming up for the end of this season. So stay tuned. And if you haven't listened to the first 30 or so episodes that we have, please go give those a listen and share those too. If you love those episodes, there's much more goodness coming your way. I appreciate you for showing up for this show today. Much love. I will see you again next week. With that, we are complete. Satnam. Satnam.